right there in the middle, the lights are, it's like a couple lights going up there. I'm glad you're here. Just look up. Go ahead and look at the sun. Just draw your attention to the burnout lights. So I like to look out and see you. Hey, this morning, um, we are rejoicing. Last Sunday, we had our Key to the City Faith Promise Celebration Sunday. Last Sunday, we were one church, two locations. How many of you were not able to be here last Sunday? Anybody not able to be here? Okay. Got a few that weren't able to be here. We received a special Key to the City offering. It's not too late for you to still par- to participate in what we believe God is doing in our local church to bring His love in a greater dimension. And last Sunday, we had our 8.30 service here, and then we had our 10.30 service. We combined this service with the second service, and we joined together at Millennium, and we received a special offering. And I want to thank you in advance for those of you that gave to that and made the dream possible. And How many of you would like to know how much money came in last Sunday? Anybody want to know? Okay. If you don't want to know, I won't tell you. No. You're going to hear anyway, but last Sunday, faithfulness of God's people, we gathered together. And our goal, anybody know what the goal was? $130,000. And I want you to know that in cash last week, over $18,000 came. Can we give God a great big hand? Come on. Our faith promises, we had over $27,000 coming in faith promises. Let's give God a big hand, amen. So that's 45. We have a partnering ministry called Church Multiplication Network because we are multiplying our influence, we're multiplying our locations, we're multiplying our leadership. We're, we're doing what the Bible has commanded us to do, be fruitful and multiply. And they match for the first $30,000, they match an additional $30,000. So let's give God a great big hand. Amen. So 18 plus 27 is 45. 45 plus 30 equals 75. So listen, no problem. All the money that we need, we have. It's just still in your pockets. Now listen, guys, I want to say thank you. It was a great, great day. I'm thankful to the Lord. We're going to be, we're going to be, and November 20th will be our official, the official Sunday that we merge the third service and the second service together to, to start the Millennium Campus. The 8.30 service will move to 9 o'clock. And I just, I really, from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thanks. I appreciate your faithfulness. Those of you that give to the Lord faithfully to make the dream happen at City Church, you make it happen. You keep the lights on. You pay the water bill, you pay the, you, you make the things happen in order for us to bring God's love to this community. Our ushers are going to come, we're going to receive our offering this morning. I have one word for you today when you give, the word is trust. Everyone say trust. The theme of the message this morning is trust, and I believe that when we give to God first, we don't give to God last. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just, it's really, for me, it's never been an option. I know for some Christians, they wrestle and struggle through this, but listen, you're a Christ follower today, the Bible says that we give our first to the Lord, the first fruits. And the first fruits are holy to God. And that's what you do on the first day of the week. When you put your offering into the bucket, it's the first, it's the first act that you do as an act of worship to God when you give. And I'm going to pray a blessing over the gift when we give it to Him. Father, we thank you for the generosity of your people. We thank you for a great celebration service we had last week as we gathered together and Lord, we saw the testimonies that changed lives. It was so powerful. And as your people gave, there was a spirit of generosity released to your people. And I want to say thank you for that. 
But Father, I thank you for those that are here this morning that are trusting you. As they give out their tithes and their offering to you, God, I believe this morning that your blessing rests upon them. You actually said you will command a blessing upon us. That if we, tr- if we trust you in this area, that we will see your blessing upon our life. So I pray the blessing of Christ in every dimension upon the gift and the giver today. In your wonderful and mighty name. And all that God's people said, amen. God bless you as you give this morning. to being done. What are you doing? Come on, keep that thing going, man. What are you doing, bro? You still got the buckets going, man. You got to go all the way, man. this morning I'm speaking on a topic entitled From Tragedy to Triumph. Well, what happens? What do you do when tragedy strikes your life? What do you do when tragedy strikes your life? Heard a story this week about a little girl. She was dressed in her Sunday best and she was running to church as fast as she could because she didn't want to miss Sunday school. As she was running, she prayed this prayer. Dear Lord, Please don't let me be late. Dear Lord, please don't let me be late. While she was running and praying, she tripped on a curb and fell, getting her clothes all dirty and torn. She got up, she brushed herself off, and she started running again. As she ran, she once again began to pray. She said, Dear Lord, please don't let me be late, but please don't shove me either. Have you ever felt in your life like you've been shoved into problems? I mean, have you ever just felt like, man, I don't even know where this one came from. This just came out of the blue. You know, every single one of us experience adversity. Every person. Every person experienced triumphs. Every person in this room experienced troubles. The book of Job says it like this. When a man is born, his days are full of trouble. Isn't that a wonderful promise? When you are born, you have this promise from God that you will have trouble in your life. Jesus said the same thing. In this life, you will have trouble. But then he gives another, another verse. He says, but, everyone say but, be of good cheer. Troubles come into each of our lives. Every person this morning experiences them. I want us to stand together for the reading of God's word. We're going to read two passages of scripture. And between second and third service, I've lost my Bible, so I'm going to cheat this morning and use my iPad. But I would encourage you to bring your Bibles this morning. Uh, We put the scripture verses up on the screen, but it is so powerful when you have 
in your own hand. I know some of us use the iPad for the scriptures, but if you have your Bible or you have your cell phone or however you read the Bible, I would encourage you this morning to make it a priority to bring the Word of God to His house. There's something that happens when you get it inside of your own heart. James chapter 1, verse number 2. And the Bible says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I don't know, did you hear that this morning? Consider it pure joy. Now, I don't know about you, but when I have a trial, I mean, even a small one, generally, my first thought isn't, yeah. yeah. Yesterday, I went to Wally World, I was standing in line, and uh, I had my two items in the basket. As I walked up to the cashier, I looked up, I looked at the, at the, at the little thing up, you know, above the cashier, it said 10 items or less. As I looked at the lady in front of me and I counted her 127 items, I thought, I got a problem. This lady is my problem. I mean, we have irritations in our life, don't we? Small things. But we also many times have big things. James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask of God who gives generously to all. Everyone say all. To all without finding fault and it will be given to him. One more passage of scripture I want you to look at. It's found in the Old Testament. It's Psalms chapter 34, verse number 17. If you don't know where the book of Psalms is, it's almost right directly in the middle, and you just go a few pages to the left, and you'll hit the book of Psalms. Psalms 34, verse number 17. Let's read these verses out loud together. Can you do that with me this morning? The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all. Whoa, 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 whoa. He delivers them from what? All their troubles. Let's read it together. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them. Say it again. All. The Lord delivers them from them all. My big idea this morning, I want you to hear this. The big idea. This is what I want you to take away. Finding faith in the furnace of life's trials requires a complete trust in the promises of God. Finding faith in the furnace of life trials requires a complete trust in the promises of God. Let's pray. Father, these next few moments, I thank you that your grace has already been here as we're taking communion, as we dedicate a little Ian to you. We thank you, Lord, for the time of generosity and giving of your people. Now we come to the table and we break the word of life. We thank you that the the power of your word, the truth of your word, is here to bring strength and grace to the hearers. And I pray today, Lord, that the words that I speak would become your words in the hearts and the ears of the hearers today. I pray that you'll add your richest blessing to it in Jesus' wonderful and mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated this morning. Sometimes life doesn't make sense. We have this feeling or this sense sometimes that when a trouble comes or a trial comes, that we should be immune to it. Now, I know we don't always. We recognize that stuff just happens in life. But sometimes 
we have this great big why. Why did that happen? You know, why am I going through this? Walking the dog the other day, I was playing the recorder in my mind, playing my life through my mind, and I found myself going down that trail. Why is this happening to me? I mean, it, it's, a, it's a common a, a feeling. It's a common emotion. It's a common thing that we think of in our life. But listen, as long as we are on this planet, we're going to have problems. I'm at the place in my life that I, I don't like, I've never liked problems, but I really don't like problems. And I try to manage my life to have as few problems as possible. I mean, I've lived enough life now to know that there's some things that I shouldn't do. I try to think about my life in this way. I try to think of my life in the things that I should do rather than the things that I shouldn't do. Because if I think of my life in the things that I should do, I tend to stay away from the things that I shouldn't do. I mean, it's, you know, it sounds, sounds easy, but it ain't that easy. Because all of us have stuff that comes into our world. Adversity. Adversity is one of the most potent forces in your life. It shapes your character. It clarifies your priorities. It defines your path. It can also fuel your greatness. Each of us faces a rich assortment of adversities every day, ranging from minor hassles to major setbacks and challenges, even tragedies. But merely coping with or barely overcoming just keeps you in the game. The key to success, both in business, marriage, life, ministry, family, is learning how to become an overcomer and convert any advers adversity, major or minor, into a genuine advantage. God wants you to take your problems. God wants you to take your trials. God wants you to take your adversities and turn them into a great advantage in your life. In my years of serving the Lord, I've seen many tragedies, many tragedies, painful tragedies, things that just weren't really fair, things that I had no answer for or no explanation. The person that I want you to meet this morning has been part of the City Church family for almost four and a half years now. This person came into my world, came literally upon my screen because of a tragedy that came into her life. And this morning, I want to welcome Linda McKenzie Reckner to the City Church platform. Can you do that this morning? Can we welcome her? Come on over. Oh, yeah. Great job. Did you enjoy Linda singing this morning? That was awesome. Well, Linda, I'm so glad that you've opened your heart to tell us your story. And it's just been really kind of a pretty amazing journey in your life over the last, it's been an amazing journey, but in the last five years, been something that you never planned on in your life. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your life? Tell us about where you came from. Tell us, you know, the community that you grew up in. What was your family like? Talk to, talk to us a little bit about your life. Christians, and I mean, we did not miss one service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, we were there every, every service, and I, I remember, I haven't told this yesterday, but when the Wizard of Oz would come on, remember when that only would come on like one time a year on yeah. Sunday night, I had to beg. You had to, to beg. Oh. You got to stay home? Well, we I did, didn't get to stay home from that. Well, we did, and it was always this really special treat, but you know, because we thought we needed to see that, right? <laughs> But grew up in the church, and uh, 
you know, when I always felt the call of God on my life for many years, sang on the platform since I was like four and so five years old. So you were a good old. girl? Good girl. When did you accept Jesus into your heart? Oh, uh, you know, at the early age, probably four or five years old, soon as I knew that, you know, Jesus loved me and that song gripped my heart that how much he loved me. And I think that's probably early stages when I was filled with the spirit at a young age. Like so you eight, always eight, served the Lord? Yes. Wow. You never smoked, drank, or chewed, no. or ran with those who do. <laughs> no, you were just you were a good girl. Didn't do the big three. Yeah. Didn't do the big three. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you grew up in church and then finished high school. Tell us what happens well, after high school. Well, after high school, uh, 17 years old, I went right off to uh, Christian College in Mount Vernon, Ohio. It's a four-square Bible college. And uh, right away, I started singing with, the, with uh, several of the girls, and we traveled all over the entire United States. Uh, promoting the campus, the school, with the dean of the college, wow. Dr. Harold Helms. And it was just so exciting to do that in my life. I never dreamed that would happen. Life was so good. Yeah, it was well, great. Something happened at Bible college, right? <laughs> yeah, I fell in love with this guy. Um, you know, I remember him coming in the cafeteria, and I'm like, oh, he's not a student. He's probably just a visitor, you know, because I thought, oh, my goodness, you know. <laughs> so those tall, dark, handsome guys, you know. and But sure enough, I, you know, I had to find out who he was and, and I was in my sophomore year. He was coming in as a freshman. And then, uh, but we met and uh, we fell in love and got wow. married. And uh, started your journey together. Started our journey together. And how together. long did that journey last? We were married 32 and a half years. 32 and a half yes. years. Mm -hmm. Wow. And wow. we pastored churches for 28 years. So um, ministry full time for Full time ministry for 28 years. We uh, started out right out of Bible college and did a little evangelistic work, and he had his guitar, and I had my tambourine. Oh, come on, what a deal. You know, we'd just go sing everywhere there was a place to go, you know, and, and minister. We traveled all summer at church camps. You know, we were young, you know, and lots of energy. So you ended up here in Central Florida. Tell we us ended how that up, happened. In uh, 1996, we, we decided to move to Florida, and uh, we ended up pastoring a church, Assemblies of God Church, out in uh, Oviedo, Chile area, and we were pastoring out there for eight years. Life was good. Life was good. Kids? Kids. Um, I, my son's 31. My daughter's 27. And four little grandbabies. Girl, grandma. Little boys. Awesome. All precious and sweet. You know, I actually thought a lot of times that how could my life be any better? You know, yeah. I mean, it was just I'd come home from church and all my family was there and my family was part of our praise team. And I thought, you know, I have got one of the most awesome lives that uh, ever, that ever anyone could ever have. Something came into your world unexpected. It was a tragedy. Yeah, it was a tragedy. About five years ago. Why don't you tell us about that? Um, it was Christmas time, and, you know, why? I don't know why things happen over the holidays. I just don't know why. Um, but it was Christmas. We all had Christmas together. We did the park hopping thing, and there was like 18 of us. So the whole week long of that holiday season was just so much fun, you know. And But Friday came. It was December 29th, and... Um, I, I knew I had to get some things done before it was time to go back to work. So I decided, you know, I'm going to clean the closets, you know. So I did. I cleaned out all the closets. I cleaned out Warren's closet. I, I took every one of his shirts, color-coded them, all his golf shirts, all his pants, all his suits. I mean, it was the most awesome, beautiful closet you ever seen. <laughs> Good. Good job. And uh, the shoe racks got kind of messed up. So, you know, I asked him to help me put them together, and he just hated stuff like that. So he's like, go buy a new one. So I said, okay, I'll go to Home Depot. Oh. He goes, well, you go to Home Depot. I'm going to go do my three-mile run because he loved to run three miles. And he did that in Oviedo right behind the Baptist Church, which is absolutely the most dangerous place to run. 
So he, we, he went to New Zealand, and I um, went off to Home Depot with my sister-in-law, and my brother met me there. And, you know, the afternoon progressed, and, and I don't know where Warren was at. He never called me, and I couldn't figure out why he wasn't calling me. And uh, I'd call his phone, and it would just ring. And so it's like 5 o'clock, and I thought, well, I can't figure out where he's at. And then it got later, so I'm on my way home, and I called the, the, the groomer, and I said, did Warren come pick up the dog? And they said no. So I'm rushing back into town because they need to leave like 6 o'clock. So I'm rushing into town. And, and as I'm going on my way to get the dog, the phone rings, and it's my husband's cell phone. And so I, I answered it, but it wasn't him. It was the Oviedo Police Department. And they told me, they said, you need to come to the hospital. And I said, okay. And I said, well, has is, is Warren been in an accident? And they said, well, um, no. And I said, well, is he injured? And they said, uh, no. And I said, well, has his truck been wrecked? And they said, no, you just need to come to the hospital. And I'm like, this is so weird. Why would I have to go to the hospital? You know? So I called my kids. I said, hey, you know, go to the hospital over on uh, Lake Underhill. Uh, your dad's had an accident, but I don't know what happened. So, you know, we, we all go over there, and my son gets there first, and the doctor talks to my son, and, and – um, so I walk in the door, and my son greets me at the door, and he wraps his arms around me. And he says, it's going to be okay, Mom. He says, yes, it will. I had no idea what I was going to hear. And um, I kept thinking, you know, I'm going to go in there and see Warren. He's going to have some kind of apparatus and tubes or something. And um, so the nurse comes to me, a male nurse, and he said, well, we did this to his heart and this to his heart and this to his heart. And I'm going, okay, okay, you know, and I'm still just totally zoned in and listening to the guy. And he says, well, he goes, we did all we could do. And I said, okay. And he said, well, we failed. And I said, well, what do you mean you failed? And um, so he told me the whole thing again, exactly the same story. We did this, we did this, we did this. And uh and um, he said, um, you know, he passed. And um, so in my mind, I'm thinking, what, is, what did he just say to me? You know, my husband was healthy. He was young. You know, he had so much of life. We just built a brand new church, and he had never got to even speak in the new church yet. And um, so I'm thinking to myself, how, how could this be? You know, I mean, it just you don't even wrap your mind around it. This was my day. That day was perfect. Everything in my life that day was perfectly fine. And um, as the day went on, the hospital was full of people. And, I, you know, I finally got to go in there and see them. And um, I remember coming home that night and driving on the property and <laughs> looking at the church thinking what just happened, you know, because it was uh, not just losing my husband, but I lost my, I lost my partner in, in ministry, and I lost um, everything that I knew that my life was, was completely gone, and I thought, what will I do? I have no idea. Where will I go from here? What will I do? I, I didn't know. I just remember just feeling like even the part of his death was one thing, but then what just happened in my life? Your life. My whole life. Wow, turn upside down. Amazing. Just like that tragedy strikes and your whole world turn upside down. Well, something did happen in your life. God's been doing things in your life. 
Let's, let's talk about let's talk about that. Let's talk about how the process as you were going through that process, did you ever get angry at God? Did you, you know, ever get bitter I, um, at God? I remember one day getting up in the morning and it was just every day was like one hour at a time. If I just get through one hour, I'll be okay. And then the hours got a little bit better, and then I would just say, God, just get me through the day. Because I really felt like God was only allowing me to take it in small pieces. Because you can't think of the big picture. You only have to think about getting through the moment and getting through one day at a time. And I remember just thinking, God, just get me through today. And, and when I wake up in the morning, your mercy would be new, and that would be a new day. And I'll be able to face that day because you gave me the strength to make it through yesterday. So I know tomorrow will even be a better day and you'll give me more strength every day. Wow. And I asked, I, I prayed one day. I was, you know, I had that choice that very moment standing by my bed to, to get back in the bed and just, you know, you know, just, just, just fall apart. And I stood there and I said, God, I don't want this to be this way. I want to be able to be strong. And I'm going to make a promise to you, God, that I will never be bitter and I'm never going to be angry, Lord. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. All I need you to do is help me. And every and I'm telling you, God's promises are so true. In the middle of that tragedy and, and the pain and the grief, every time I felt like, where is my life going to go? What's really going to happen to me? God would just spring me back up. And I, my main thing I always prayed was I wouldn't go crazy, you know, because when you go through a tragic yeah. thing in your life, you know, people sometimes, they lose it. They have to go in for treatment. They have to go into hospitals. And I kept praying, God, please just, just hold me and keep me, keep my mind, keep my, my heart. And I gave everything to God that day, standing by my bed. And I never got back in the bed that day. I walked forward, and I remember going into work that day, and it was still very difficult, but every time that I felt like, you know, I felt such grief and, and didn't know what to do, God would just springboard me right back up. A supernatural power of God would just hold me, and, and it was just, uh, it's amazing. You made a choice that you were going to trust in the Lord. I made a choice. Lord. I made a choice to, you to, to trust God. Absolutely You weren't going to blame God. No. You were going to look to Jesus. I mean, who are we to blame God? Because yeah. He is God. All by Himself. He's God. He's all and power. This, this righteous person cried out, and the Lord delivered her yes. out yes. of all of her troubles. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Let's fast forward here. So that was almost five years ago. Yes. This December, it'll be five years. Yeah. Tell us what God's doing in your life today. Well, the greatest thing is I was going to Panera Bread. Let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. You like Panera's? I okay. like Panera's. Right. And, uh, you know, I was, was going there. Was it something there drawn you to Panera's, maybe? Well, you know, I like the soup and yeah. plant salads. Okay. And then, th then there was this really cute little blue-eyed bald guy. <laughs> and, um, you oh. know. So the soup was good, but there was something better. Yeah, huh? yeah. Okay. And he was just so sweet, you know. And one night I was there. It was on February 14th, and it had been over a year that one had passed. And he looked at me and goes, what are you doing here on February 14th? And I remember I sit in the booth, and he came over and sat down by me, and I shared my story, you know, with him about losing my husband. And, and uh, we just became very good friends, you know. And we knew each other for, you know, over a year and just chatting and and then it just grew into more than that. And can then we introduce your husband right yes, now? Yes. Hey, James. James. Can we have James here? <laughs> Let's give James a group of hands. 
James, I want to thank you for allowing your wife to share this story. And it's a, it's a great honor to have Linda here. Thank you. Well, then we, uh, you know, we got married, and then uh, he loved my music, and he just, he just said, you know, I really think you should pursue your music. And, you know, there was a time in my life that I thought that dream was gone because I, I didn't know how it would ever come about again. And, um, but as God started just giving me the vision and Jim the vision that I should move forward with the music, um, we made an appointment with a producer. So you made a decision. I made a decision. To go forward. To go forward. You made a decision. Mm -hmm. To go forward. Yes, we made a decision to go forward, and uh, we talked to the producer, and and then, uh, you know, I thought, well, if I ever make a CD, I'll put this song and that song and this song and that song, and then and he goes, well, you really need your own music, and I thought, well, I, I don't have my own music, and you know, someone had prophesied over me that I would write music, and I just thought, really, you know, I'm not a writer, I've never even wrote a good poem that I know of. So <laughs> so for me to write music, I thought, you know, well, we'll just see if that's going to happen. And then all of a sudden we made that first step of faith. You made the step of faith to go for it. And what happens? Right before I'm getting ready to go, a couple weeks before I'm to go into the studio, um, I'm literally driving down the road and this song just pours into my mind, which is not a song I sang today, but it's called The Veil. And I, I, I couldn't believe it. I said, oh, my gosh, this is a song. God, you're giving me a song. And I was freaking out because I'm driving down 408. I don't have any way to write it down. And I don't have anywhere to pull over because you all drive to 408. You know it's like a crazy place. So and I just kept saying, God, don't let me lose this. Don't let wow. me lose this. So I get home that night, and I, I type out all the words of the song God gave me. And then, um, you know, I, I sang the melody on my iPhone, and so that's how that happened. And one morning, I'm getting ready for work, and, and you know, I'm just praying how much I need God. And, wow. and all of a sudden, uh, I Need You came, and I just started, I, that song just started flowing wow. in my spirit, and it just was so, you know, God, when he gives you something, it just, oh, it just, it's God boom, just it happens, you, songs, you know. Mm -hmm. Making a CD, yep. and it's all your original music. Yes, yes, it's all original music. I wrote the melody and the words. And when I go into the to the studio, I I just take him the words typed on a piece of paper, and I sing it to him, and he follows me, and we lay that track, and then we lay the next track, and now that's actually being mixed, and it's it's being mastered as we speak. And he says, "I will give you a yes, new yes. song, Hallelujah, and a new song." Yes. Let's give the Lord a great big Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Wow. And I think you got you got one more song. I, I have sing another song to sing, and, and this is a song that um, I wrote, and it's called I Need You. And it is my prayer, and I pray that it will be your prayer today, too.